You're listening to Stagger Cast, brought to you by Stagger Gear. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Stagger Cast Shorts. There's Greg right there, that's his Q-in. As always, welcome back, Greg. I didn't warm up my voice yet. Didn't do... <gasps> there you go. What, how's Will Ferrell in the Anchorman warm up his voice? The Human Torch was unable to secure a bank loan. That's what he did? Okay, I haven't watched that movie in a while. Ah! All right, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of StaggerCast. We're sitting down here tonight just before Christmas. This will be the Christmas special. I don't know if it's going to go out before Christmas or just after. Yeah. But whenever you're hearing this, Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy New Year. Hope you guys have a good Christmas out there with the family and stay safe and have fun and all that stuff. You got big plans for Christmas, Greg, or no? No, just just kind of chilling. You know, I'm supposed to be home right now, but I'm like, I'm I'm going. We're doing stagger stuff right now. We're working. The family's this is work. the family's at home waiting by the chimney with care, and I'm just here. Yeah, so. you fit down the chimney. <laughs> I might someday. <laughs> oh man! So what what we got going on today? We got a little little uh, list of things we're going to talk about today. A couple of stories of some deer, some updates, stagger gear 2024. Talk about the Yankee Classic a little bit and so on, but yep. uh, you yep. just had a pretty cool discovery the other day. You were out in the woods. Yeah. And I think, did you talk about that? No, on I never the last did. Time? Why don't you start at the beginning of that? I was, was kind of too depressed. So my dad, um, the last day of rifle in Vermont, he had a buck come out right at dark. You know, still plenty of shooting light left, but it was, you know, 50 yards broadside, uh, four-pointer. He shoots. And he says, yeah, I think I got it. So I went down there and Ansel went down and we're looking for the deer and we found blood for like 40 or 50 yards and that was it. It was piles of it though. A lot, a lot of blood. A lot of blood. Yep. And then all of a sudden no blood. And we grid searched and we did loops and, you know, we had the Onyx tracker app on three of us looking, grid searching, grid searching, nothing. So I knew the next morning was, we were supposed to get a ton of snow that night. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was kind of nervous. Well, it was like. At first they said like an inch of snow, and then when we woke up, it was a ton of that snow. That was a weird, yeah, yeah, a weird little storm there. So I went down and grid searched in the morning again, and we couldn't find that deer. And it, we, were, we were depressed, and we're like, wow, should we have got a dog? Should we have? And I had that infrared thing that I forgot about that yeah, would have came in handy that, that night. thermal but, thing, right? Yep. You a little thermal sight, don't you? You can walk oh, yeah. around with and look through and see if you could see it. Yep. So anyways, went down there a few different days and looked anyways, but, um, was down there yesterday kind of doing a midday little walk. And, uh, I started doing, you know, kind of searching again and went through a spot I already checked and I found this huge pile of hair Mm. and I was like, Oh, there he is. And took out my tracker app on the Onyx. I was 24 yards from that pile of hair and uh which freaking so like basically the deer was covered in snow yeah um so i was 24 yards from it my dad walked right past it and ansel walked right or drove the four-wheeler right past wasn't it him, right so. next to the road yeah. like well not road right but next like to next to a four-wheeler, four-wheeler trail. trail you guys have out back <clears throat> yeah so um haven't found the horns yet but i'm gonna go back down and look they gotta be there somewhere they gotta you see be bones somewhere. and stuff there was yeah. it was surprisingly weird because it was like the i found the lower jaw it was like clean as a whistle like white like, mm-hmm. looks like it'd been there for years, but the, the hair yeah, is fresh. All fresh. Found a couple leg bones, and they had, like, hamburgers still on them, and those coyotes are freaking busting those leg bones open and getting the marrow out and everything, but... Um, so you just got to do a couple more loops around there. I'm sure you'll find the horns off yeah, yeah. the top so, of it. So, like, the the sad part is we didn't get the deer. Um, my dad was really depressed. He thought he made a bad shot. I don't think he made a bad shot. He might have hit it in the liver or something, but... Yeah, he just plugged up and... 
I so, don't know. Probably the hole and just couldn't find it. And then with the snow coming, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Mossy, all mossy ground. So hard to see blood too. That but is hard to see blood in. If Ansel's, you know, if it's there, Ansel will see it. But, mm. um, but anyway, so at least I don't think the deer suffered. I think it died. It was a couple, like a couple hundred yards away. But And, and this is a deer we talked about on one of the earlier yeah. shorts episodes because this is a deer you passed up. This Multiple was times. your, that was your turning point right there. The first the first legal <laughs> buck you passed up. I was lucky. That was him. That That's was what lucky. you called him. Yeah, I, well, he was right up till the end. Yeah. Last day, right? Yeah, because oh. I, I passed him up twice. Ansel had him dead nuts at 30 yards that smelled him. And just multiple times he was out and about mm-hmm. the most regular deer down there. And he just came out at the last oh. 10 minutes illegal shooting on rifle. Almost but, made it through. Yeah. But anyway, so it's one of them really shitty things. But, uh, your dad tried though. He, he hunted hard there. So. Oh yeah. No, he puts his time in and stuff. But um, anyway, so yeah. hopefully he died before the coyotes cut to him. And I imagine he did. If he was bleeding like that. I mean, you sent me a picture of the couple of the blood, yeah. uh, like, strips of it when he was oh, when yeah. he's spraying and i was like oh yeah it's probably a dead deer but yeah so hard to say without the video at that point you know yeah you weren't in, yeah you weren't hunting with him then you were where yeah. were we were um, we hunting somewhere or no no because i had been in maine the day before and then i was yeah, just, last sitting, day. I was just sitting yeah. at home i should have been down there videoing him but yeah it wasn't but um but yeah so it was the same last day that i took my dad uh tracking that day that's right yeah because we had snow that up high in the mountains we had snow and we actually got on a buck there we got in, into this chunk of woods way up on the mountain i was actually taking him in there to sit um because this is an area i found early in the season had some cameras in there's a real nice buck in there i hunted in there twice <coughs> in the early part of vermont rifle season and saw that deer twice yep. the first it was the second day sunday of the first weekend there and i was walking up to a ravine and as soon as i get to the edge of the ravine where you can look down it's real big see across it's like 200 yards as soon as I get to the edge of that, I take a stick right in the fucking eye. I'm about <laughs> half right. blinded. I'm sitting there rubbing my eye, cursing and everything else. And I look, and all of a sudden I hear something. And I look down with one eye, my left eye, because of course I took a stick in the shooting eye. And I just see a rack running down through the ravine. And no then way. by the time I got my eye rubbed out there and kind of pulled up, you kind of went around a bend in the ravine and he was gone. I was like, oh, you got to be shitting me. Of all the bad luck. Right there. Took a beach whip right to the eye. It was awesome. Speaking really of that, can, that. I, can I tell you, before you finish, can I tell you my one By uncle Randy? He took a stick to the ear once, right? <laughs> he literally stuck a stick in his ear. and like he couldn't, In the ear? Yes. All the way in? All the way in. And fully he penetrated the ear. Fully pen, full penetration. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the diameter of an ear hole, I guess. And he... <laughs> The fucking guy walks into the emergency. He couldn't get it out. He's pulling on oh, it. Oh, it broke off in he, his ear? Well, it broke off. There's like two feet of it hanging out of his ear. No kidding. So we're going to the ER, and he's got his fucking head out the goddamn window like Ace Ventura. And <laughs> <laughs> we get in the ER, and he's got a stick hanging out of his head, and everybody in the fucking waiting room's looking at us like, You're, you guys suck. Why don't you take a pair of hedge trimmers? He's cut it down. He didn't need I, to have a every stick time hanging out of his it, ear that far. It, it was super sensitive. You couldn't touch it. Yeah, but trim it down. <laughs> so. So we get in there and the doctor comes out. He just like, he moved it a certain way and the thing popped right out. It was fine. He couldn't just like yank it out. Just like one, one hurtful yank. And he was dramatic, man. <laughs> How then, long of a stick did he have hanging out of his It ear? was at least two feet hanging Hit out. Hit a two foot stick hanging out of his ear and he didn't yeah. cut it down before driving to the hospital. It was one of the million dollar wounds. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost. Imagine being sitting in the, 
ER with a stomach ache and you look at it, you got a fucking guy coming in with a tree limb hanging out of his head. That is almost as bad as the time. I didn't mean to off great no, you're story good. here. This but is a good story. I haven't he, heard this. My grandpa Gove, I was uh, <clears throat> going to hunt with him and he wanted to make us like salami sandwiches or something. I don't know, mm. but it was like frozen meat and he was trying to cut it. Mm. Well, he wails his finger open. Same emergency room. Wails his finger open. He goes, we got to go to the ER. I'm on, I'm on uh, blood thinning meds. Mm. So like I had to walk in to the ER with him with his finger in the air, like number one, like we just won the championship or something. <laughs> <laughs> I hung back like ten feet so nobody would knew I was with him. So. Uh, what's his medical diagnosis? He thinks you won. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, so anyways, shit. back to your hunt. Your yeah, eyes bleary. Yeah, my eyes got. Yeah, took a stick in the eye. That was the second day of the season. He went tearing off in there and it's a buck i knew was in that area it was all he had a wicked scrape line up on this ridge and it's like a chunk a big chunk of state land and it's got three major beach ridges that come down it and the ridge in the middle was the only one that held beach nuts this year it was weird yeah so all the deer were on that ridge so after that first day um went there hunted around a little bit saw some does after that and then probably three or four days later I decided I wanted to shoot way up the mountain, get on top of the ridge, and kind of still hunt it down. It was kind of one of those, like, foggy-ish days, yep. uh, wet. So I was creeping down there, and I get right to the area where that scrape line was. And I look to my left, and I see a buck and a couple of does kick up. And they were right on the edge of that bank, and they dro- immediately dropped over. Yep. I think I got some video of that. I'll probably do a video yep. for that, uh, for kind of a recap on the Vermont season. Uh, and then they were gone by the time I ran over to the edge of the ravine. I lost them. I think they dropped down and either yep. dropped down the ravine or hit the hit the ravine and went up through somewhere in there, right by where I saw them that first time. And then, so then I got my deer in Vermont in a different area and kind of just knew that deer wasn't going to be bothered with. It's way up there. Not really, Nobody hunts up there. So yep. just kind of forgot about it. My dad and mom like hunting some of the lower stuff. You know, it's easier to get to. So they hunted around here and... Everything kind of dried up as far as lowland deer. So it was last day, and I was talking to my dad. I was like, let's go up there, and uh, I got a spot to sit. I made a little brush blind up there just in case I ever got back to sitting. And I was walking him into there and just planning on setting him, and then I was going to head back to the truck and go maybe do a loop around. I don't know, a good mile loop around him just in case I kick something up and move mm-hmm. him towards him. But as soon as we get to the brush blind, we're sitting there. I show it to him. He's like, ah, there's a little knoll just, I don't know, probably 30 yards down to the right he's like you know him he likes to sit he likes to yeah. see so I'm like all right yeah we can move down there see a little bit better as soon as we got to that knob that buck was just right over the edge of it just cruising through he just hit a scrape made a scrape right there right on that line yep. so if we would have just stopped and stood there maybe another 30 seconds oh, at the man. brush blind he would have came out around that side of that knob but just a timing <laughs> thing so yeah. i'm like well we got snow this is when it was crunchier than hell yeah but it was super windy that last day like blowing sounded like a tornado coming through so i'm yep. like well let's get on this deer he didn't run off too hard um and i was like yeah let's get on this deer and drop your hot seat drop everything come back and get it after yep so we get on that deer and get up to the next ravine we probably went 250 yards and he kind of started walking as soon as he got to the edge of the ravine dropped down to that next ravine going up on the third ridge mm-hmm. the final one and uh, we get there and we're looking down in the ravine, can't see nothing, but like, man, we just must have just missed him. We didn't give him a whole ton of time. And he was already walking, I don't know, maybe 200 yards after we jumped him. So I'm like, yep. we're going to catch this deer. He wasn't that scared. Wind was blowing right in our face. Yes, the snow was crunchy, but it was cranking. Yep. So we work across that ravine and we get up 
And uh, as soon as we crest the bank, we're about to crest the bank onto that third ridge. And I'm like, be ready. I bet he's going to be right here somewhere. Because as soon as you crest that ridge, it's all hemlocks on the on the edge of that ridge. But as soon as you get past that, it's all open hardwoods. You can see real yeah. good. Yeah. And I knew deer hang out in there sometimes too. They kind of travel more through there heading to that second ridge. And we get up on that knob and sure as shit, as soon as we crest that knoll, that deer's 10 feet away from us on the other side of a blowdown. Ugh. I'm like, he sees him before I do. So I, I'm right behind him kind of coming up the hill and I hear him click his safety off and pull up. And then I take one more step up and that deer is bounding at like 10 yards. And there's like a little rise right there. And my dad's super short, not, yeah. you know, just the way he goes. He's like five, six. Yep. And that knob right there, just kind of hard for him to see over. I'm sitting there like, holy shit, should have. Yeah throw some lead at that thing yeah but just a little bit of a rise right there and he couldn't get it in the scope and then he kind of just turned and went ass away from us shit so we ended up following him for a ways longer got close to him again bumped him but didn't see him that time and then just came down to the last minute right at dark and just didn't yeah didn't put it together but we went back in there during uh muzzleloader season that first weekend because there was a little bit of snow left and it was softening up and got on him in there again, but just couldn't catch him that no. day. But real nice buck. He's a buck buck, too. He's probably 112, 115-inch buck, which yeah. is good for Vermont. Oh, yeah, Vermont, yeah. Especially for him, that last day would have been awesome, but Question he's still for alive. you. Like, so when you're tracking a buck, and are you constantly saying, be ready, be ready, be ready for to snap that gun up and shoot? Because for guys like me and your dad, who don't track every day, a lot, I have to, like, keep psyching myself up all day to be ready because you can – that's, like, one of the main things that – uh, separates the real trackers from the regular hunters is being able to get that gun up and on the deer. Mm. So you are you just automatically wired that way, or you have to keep psyching uh, yourself out, or how's that work? I just think when you when you get on the track and you're reading it, seeing how the deer's walking, how the deer's moving, yeah. And I know that area pretty well as far as how the terrain sets up. Yeah. So I just felt the way he was walking real slow, and I'm like, I don't know how we just missed him in this ravine. Yeah. Because we were right on his ass. Yeah. And uh, get up to that opening, I'm like, there's a good chance we're going to get a glimpse of him, even if he's 200 yards up through these hardwoods. So yeah. that's why I said be ready there. But, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you're just coming down and reading the track and knowing. Sometimes that's where history is a good thing because you know how deer yeah. set up in a certain block of woods. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're in a fresh block of wood, just kind of read the track, see if he's been feeding, you know, and you might you, you might bump into him and just be ready to shoot, you know. Never yeah. have your guard fully down or never have your gun on a sling on your back, rule number one, obviously. Yep, put the sling right in your pack. Yeah, which he did. He did a good job. He was fully dressed for sitting, too. He had a bunch of layers on. I cooked him th that day. We were cranking, yeah. just trying to get caught up to him after that, that last time. But no it uh, didn't work out. But, yeah, we get in there to our muzzleloader, tracked him again, and he was kind of heading up the mountain, just never set up right. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, you said good bucks. Yeah. That, that one that's top on your list right there. We. You want to tell that story? Well, we had originally done a podcast with Ian up in Maine, and the audio just Second sucked. Second week, so yeah. we apologize to Ian. Uh, we'll have to have you on again because that one just isn't releasable. But. It was weird, yeah. The audio was, like, buzzing that <clears throat> night. But I think there's a few sections where I think we can pull it out. We can yeah. maybe slap something together a little bit, just talk about it. It's probably my best performance ever. Well, you were buzzing off your ass. Yeah. Greg got out of the woods. Well, we talked about this on the last podcast. Greg yeah. got out of the woods and had a few... Toddies. A little a few coors on the way back and... Coors lattes. <laughs> and he was feeling good, and I was dead. And, yeah. Uh, and then Ian was there, too, and we told, just talking about the yeah. second week update and some deer we were chasing around. But, yeah, the so buck we, of Mongo, which we talked a little bit about on the last podcast. Yeah. So we went up in September doing some scouting. We got some cameras mm -hmm. out. Actually, it was a little, maybe August. I don't know. But It was the end of August, beginning of September right there somewhere. Yeah, and we... Uh, Spent a day up there. Yeah, we split up. You went one way, I went the other way. 
you ended up coming out. You didn't really get a lot of intel, but you came out with a moose shed. And yeah. I went in and found a, a active scrape right in August. Yeah. And I put a camera on it, and it was a nice scrape. Intersection, three-way intersection mm. at the top of a cut, just kind of perfect. And this is an area we've hunted the two years before. Yeah. But we just never had cameras in there. Just oh, yeah. Just kind of never allocated a camera to there. But there was always deer in there, so we always felt like you were around deer. I've seen does in there. No service right. in there. So no, no service, cell no cell cams or anything like that. But like, yeah, this year, let's go, let's go see what those deer are. Yep. And, uh, so, lo and behold, you, we, oh, yeah. so we put those out in September and you take off from there. Yeah. So we, so when I was up to Maine with Ansel during our little doe hunt there, mm-hmm. uh, I went and checked the camera and it was just incredible. It was, there was like only, there was like hundreds of pictures of does. And then right about October 28th, the, the big boys started hitting the scrapes uh-huh. and there was a, <clears throat> there was a big seven. I think he ended up killing that one. Yeah. Um, did he kill that one that yeah. was a sleepy seven a sleepy seven yeah yeah but there, there was, was like six other bucks on that camera yeah there was a nice 10 there was a freaking i don't know there was like th- four or five monsters the, on yeah there. that first the first time you checked it and more deer moved in after that but the yeah. first time you checked it there was a really nice 10 pointer a small eight yep. the seven and then i ten. think there were and then a couple like crotch horns and stuff and yep. then mongo which i don't know how do you end up how'd you give him the name mongo I just freaking, it just came Just to a me. mongo. Yeah. He's a giant. And he, like I said, I think we talked about this in the last podcast a little bit, but just a giant buck with a huge body on him. I 240 think he, pounds I all think, day long. I think he was an 11. He's like a mainframe. He's a 10 or an 11, but he, here's what he's, he's got. got. He's got web drag. Oh, wicked. Yeah. And he's got um, like a mainframe eight or not, uh, eight or 10, but he's got stickers coming up. Yeah. And he never. He's not super wide. He's just, he's no. very tall and he's got a lot of mass. Just uh, cool Just a buck. brute of a main buck. And. That he, he tore that he tore that scrape to shreds, man. He was in there for twenty minutes. That was a good it. scrape. It was a good find you had there. Yeah, and then well, you told me where to go. It wasn't yeah, really but still, so. it was a good place, good placement for camera. But yeah, so we went into that week. Like I said, I wasn't up there hunting. That was that first snow, and you were yep. doe hunting. But that would have been an unbelievable time to get on him because he was in there in like the middle of the night. You checked it the next day, and he was in there at, what, like, 3 in the morning? So, yeah. like, you could have hopped on that track, but then you I had know. to go back with Ansel. Had Ansel waiting up in the truck. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> you should have just took off. <laughs> but kind of from there, that we're like, we got to kill this deer. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you get one picture of a buck, and they never, they never, you never see him again. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. But this deer, he was the king of the area. He was, oh, yeah. we had a lot of pictures of that deer, and yeah. not just, so after we got that picture of him in that big community scrape, we kind of branched off, hunted a lot of areas around there, kind of figure out where he was hanging. I had a camera on a signpost. I had a camera on this big run down by a river. Uh, there was another camera on the other side. Yep. And we kind of located some doe groups and figured out some areas he was going through. And I ended up getting a lot of pictures of him. There's this run probably about, I don't know, half a mile from your camera that's yep. lower yep. Uh, across a logging road down into this like brook hole, but there's a lot of sign down there. And he was running a loop because we didn't always get him on yours on yep. the scrape, but he was constantly going down through there. And we kept moving some cameras around, checking areas, and then the snow never really set up great for his loop that he was running. He, we kind of figured out he was running a five- to seven-day loop. Yeah. And we figured that out at the end because I'm like, the last day we had a picture of him when we were hunting up there was the last day. Yep. And I was like, he's due to go through here. And then sure as shit, he was in there at 4 a.m. that morning. Yeah, five days before that, it was a Sunday, and he was freaking he was on the scrape. All his glory, middle of the day. Yeah, but he was, he was the king of that area, yeah. and even throughout the rut, more giant bucks moved in there. It's, it's a real great area. There's, oh, yeah. a, some, there's a few doe groups in there, which is why it's so good. But, I mean, there's a giant seven-pointer in there. He's got one brow tine, but 
has almost the same frame as Mongo. Oh, yeah. But just not the full-on mass, but super long tines and tall and stuff like that. And a few other deer. A giant 10 that just came the one time. Yeah, like I said, usually you just expect those big ones to hit at one time, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, great. But Mongo was living in there, and we spent too much time chasing him around. We hunted that. That's our kiss of death. That's 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 probably why. But with a deer that caliber, it's hard not to be in there, you know? And the day that we had real good snow, the day Ian got his, I was down in there, but it didn't really line up with that deer's loop that he was running, so I I couldn't find a track. I ended up just tracking a spike horn that day, which I talked about. But uh, Ian got that buck on that day. That was perfect snow. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. That that if you if you got if Mo- we got Mongo's track on that day, it was game over. It was, it was snowing so hard. Yeah. And, but just he didn't looked, line up. He looked healthy as hell at the end of the season. So hopefully he's good. And he's got a whole group of does in there that he's, you know, there's active logging yeah. and stuff like that. So a lot of deer in there. I think they're happy in there. So uh-huh. hopefully, and there was no dog tracks in there to speak of. So uh-huh. I don't think he's got much. For I predators. almost wonder. I don't. That's a deer I don't think goes to a yard. It'd be hard. It's a long ways up That's there. It's way out there, and yeah. and it's not really like close to Canada, so it's not like he goes up and over. He's kind of like out in, in no man's land. We left cameras up there soaking all winter just to oh, see yeah. if he's hanging around or what he's doing. But yeah. I feel like that's a buck that's just reclusive and living out there. Yeah, definitely. definitely. But yeah, we uh, saw him. Well, we didn't see him, but we got on his track that last day, which I think we talked about a little bit, and that was the last time we were up there. But I'm sure we'll have a bunch of pictures of him when we go back in the spring and pull those cameras. But I think we figured out. His loop somewhat yep. by the end of the season. He's using some cuts in a different area than we thought he was where he's coming across and through into ours and he goes back up there. And I think that's where he's living by himself because that's pretty big country up there. Yep. It's, it's thick. It's green. And the day you followed him for a little bit on that last crunchy snow, you said he was sticking right in the thick stuff. He yep. wasn't going out in any of the – It's funny because – pretty like, remarkable. Per- perfectly good little logging road, middle of the woods, and he'd go, you know, Staying in the six, shit. seven feet to the left right in the shit. Yeah. And the does would go right up the logging road. So, mm. um, and I was watching, uh, you know, that's something that I had to learn the hard way, kind of with Gandalf. Is you got to get in the thick shit to get the big ones. They're not gonna, they're not gonna come strolling through an open hardwoods most of the time. They yeah. do in the rut once in a while, but that's otherwise the they're in thing, the thick stuff. That's the biggest thing I think from Vermont to the Maine to figure out because yeah. our bucks up here, like we have, like our average tree is like an eight or ten inch, you know, beech tree or maple. Yeah in vermont so those bucks have no choice but to go through some hardwoods and and i've killed deer in open hardwoods in vermont they don't they'll stand there and look at you, you know it's just a different caliber of deer yeah. but then you go up there and you find open woods and those deer just not in them like i hunted this uh beautiful hardwood ridge up there last year and there wasn't a deer track to be found in there like there's good browse and stuff but it's just too open that you know they just don't want to be in it up there so it's a little bit different to yeah. adjust from here to there you but, just got to get in your head you're gonna have to th- hunt thick stuff and you might only be able to see a little bit but I was just watching a episode of THP uh, mm. yesterday, and Warb was about 200 yards off a field. He could hear another hunter grunt calling up in the field, and he had bucks all over him in this thick stuff. And one of the bucks was, like, circling around to catch that grunt's scent. But just so, not coming, not, not going, going up to But not going anywhere it. near yeah. that field. So yeah. it's like, just just goes to show you got to just get into thick stuff a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But And I found it quite remarkable this year, which we talked about in the podcast with Ian, is... Um, the lack of bucks crossing the road in the area of Maine we were in this year. And oh, I yeah. talked to that last week and I talked to, uh, Lanny Benoit was up there and Glenn Bombardier was with him yep. and, uh, they were just cruising roads, checking, just trying to figure out. And Lanny was saying that first week, the end of October, 
to the first week of November, they were crossing roads like crazy that first snowstorm. Yep. But after that, the deer were not crossing roads and they had been all over that area just looking around. He said, yeah, the deer just not crossing roads. And I kind of heard from other people too, that like, yeah, you could not cut a buck track from the road this year. And Mongo actually crossed a logging road that last day, but you said he was just like almost airing it just to get across it to not leave a track in there anywhere near it i barely saw it yeah just like ditch to ditch jumping it almost and it's kind of yeah it makes you makes you wonder a little bit you know oh yeah so i mean those deer are definitely hiding in that part of maine at least western maine which is a lot of hunting pressure so i understand you know you get tracked a few times you're probably going to learn there was a ton of pressure up there this year a lot yeah a lot this year and where, where i usually go in northeastern maine there's no pressure but there's also no altitude. You don't get the snow much where so, over that God, way. It's so hard to find them. It's so thick and it's so hard to find them over there. I've shot a lot of bucks over there, but they just don't. It don't snow over there much during we're, the season. We're gonna get Mongo this year. We're gonna we're gonna get cameras man. in there earlier, and really just hang. I can't stop thinking about that deer, and I want I want that deer. You can have him. I'll take the ten. Oh, I mean, you can have him too. I just want one of us to get that deer. We spent too much I don't time even know on if this I'm year. Next year, you're done. I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately, and I think I'm gonna get into lobster. You're a lobster man? Yeah, you know, I've been watching this TikTok where they uh, get these lobsters and then they pinch the, they got barnacles on them. Oh, yes, yes. I've been I've been mesmerized by yeah. it. I think I want to get into saving the lobsters. Well, there is like, you watch YouTube shorts, there's a dude from Maine that's got a pretty popular <laughs> that's YouTube channel. Yeah. That's the one where yeah, he's cleaning them up, getting the barnacles off them and Fucking mesmerizing. give them a snack and throw them back in the water. I got it. I used to be into like guys trimming cow hooves. Now I'm into lobster. I don't know. It's just like I got to get off social media. You're on media. TikTok too much. I gotta so you're retiring. You're going to be a lobster man. Greg's selling a 7,600 highest bidder wins it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy a boat, so I don't know. Yeah, true. We'll you see. might be able to buy a boat with the price of 7,600s now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be eating so much lobster, my mercury will be through the roof. Yeah, you'd be just a walking thermometer. Just freaking <laughs> carrying my needle nose around, pinching freaking barnacles. <laughs> It's pretty funny to watch. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, I'm going to hunt next year. I'm already like, <clears throat> it's so amazing. Like, I didn't have the November I wanted. Still had a good season overall. Yeah. But now, like, once the season's over, I'm already, like, looking forward to next year. And I'm like, oh, shit. Guess what's coming up? Turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Ice fishing. Goose hunting. Freaking brook trout fishing. I'm looking forward to doing like, more ice fishing this year with you in a shanty. We're, yeah. Which we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be doing some shanty shorts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we are. So that'll be pretty funny. I'm, um, all, I'm all outfitted out to spend the night. You, that's fine yeah you got like the child playroom click together flooring right the foam padding oh, that yeah. you put in on the floorings so you can sleep right in there foam padding flasher i got one of them rattle reels that mm. hangs from the ceiling so mm-hmm. you could take a nap and it'll rattle if a fish bites it i got a cot big buddy heater that's all you need man fucking set up man yeah that's so, awesome yeah it's something to do in the winter it's yeah. no it's no pressure either it's like if you catch fish you do if you don't you know you're just mm. having a good time but yeah no, I, I'm, this is kind of a take. I know, you know, everybody's cranking for next year's season, but I'm I'm enjoying the minute here after you know deer hunting's done officially, which we yeah. went down to Mass for one day. Kind of sucked for us, but um, it didn't suck. We did awesome. We were we, we were working as a cohesive unit. If there would have been a deer in there, we would have oh, pushed it worked, to each but other. But it just didn't. We, there was no deer, deer in the there. woods where we were. No. Check three different areas, but I'm looking forward to just a minute of peace and quiet. Yeah, you know, my life. I'm not trying to sound like complaining by any means. Um, my life for the last two years has been like deer hunting every day from podcast to running the business yeah. and everything else we do. So it's going to be nice just to get a minute of peace here, which is kind of what we're doing around Christmas time. And then we're going to get the podcast really cranking again in the beginning of the year. But 
not to mention, I mean, you had a lot of product come in right when you wanted to hunt. Oh, it was so. a chaotic season, and it it kind of takes the, a little bit of the joy out of it when you're yeah. when you're doing it when you're up there, and then you got to run back for the business night. But I I can't complain, you know. It's how I set it up, and I love doing it, so I'm not yeah. complaining. But it uh, it's different. It's different when you're hunting. When you have the freedom to go hunt and leave the whole world behind and, and nothing yeah. else, it definitely helps you. I would say, um, staying in that right frame of mind, not putting too much pressure on yourself. Too. Exactly, because like, now you got you know you're everything running. seemed like it was in a hurry this year. Yep, compared to other years, so I was you know rushing to come back and uh, you know have a product design meeting, rushing back to come back to get a shipment of product in and, yep. and all that stuff. And luckily I had help coverage for, you know, shipping orders and everything else this year, but we're definitely going to hire some people next year. It's, it's growing. Thankfully it's been a good year. Thanks to everybody else that, you know, everybody that listens to the podcast and has bought into the brand and, and believes in it. Yeah. Um, it's been a great year. So it's been a lot complain. of fun, been yeah. a lot of fun, but, but uh, looking to set it up a little bit differently next year, have a little higher out some stuff and, uh, have more time to really enjoy the hunt and have more time to do it. We were both chasing our own tail and we were both trying to be everywhere at once. Yeah. We were both, we, neither one of us in, really enjoyed ourselves this year. As Not far as, as much. You it know. was just all about a mission. It was. It was less about just enjoying the hunt. And, you know, that's one thing if you're, if you're in the hunting business, it's separating that and trying to have a little bit yeah. of fun too, you know. Something but, to learn from though. Like yeah. obviously still enjoy it by all means. Yeah, absolutely yeah. love it. But the first year we were that you started stagger we just go out and freaking kill two monster bucks and like ah this is nothing yeah let's do this again this year and now it's like just it's a little bit of reality a hit us a little bit this still year, a good but. season though time in the woods yep learning about big deer that we were chasing around each got a buck not the biggest ones i think our collective inches I mean, measurement between the two of ours is maybe a strong i mean my buck's definitely bigger 60 than inches yours, but, I mean, <laughs> well, it's not, i'm not keeping track one side of that buck right there that's hanging up above us yeah, definitely. Uh, one side of, would equal his uh, our is season. Is that squiggle right there? What is nah, it? No, squiggle's over by the oh, door. Okay. That one's you that's a, last year's. For a young whippersnapper, you got a nice trophy room here, oh, buddy. Thank you. You got a, not, a lot of nice bucks here, a lot of mountain bucks here. Yeah, appreciate it. I like it. to pick on you and tell Hopefully. you everything's ma- mountain with you, but all these deer <laughs> were killed in the mountains. Yeah, <laughs> that's the most fun way to do it. Been but. working on my turkey video. Oh yeah, you got a bombshell of a turkey video coming. I've up. got a what a. Five or six kill turkey video. I got gonna... one kill to throw in there for you too, so it's gonna be. Oh, you don't want that. I don't. One. I'm not looking for. You it. just want to be star of the show, Rocket Man. I'm look. I'm look. This is this project is a is a, I don't know, passion project. I can't wait for that to get 942 views in <laughs> in April. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put yours in there because if it does get nine, I'm gonna blame it on the one. That's fine. But, yeah. No, turkey hunts are turkey hunt videos are a dime a dozen. Unfortunately. Come on. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not shitting on. I'm just saying, yeah, in like are. the grand scheme of YouTube content, yeah. to be real with people, you know, turkey videos are a dime a dozen, versus you look at YouTube now, right yeah. now, when people are releasing videos, and if you got anything tracking related in the oh, tagline yeah. or the title, then that's where you get all the views are. If you don't have the tracking it's in the shit. title, you get you know yeah. maybe a thousand or two thousand views. Yeah, it's slim. It's bizarre, right? It really is, yeah. It, it, it just shows like, how, how much you, people are into it. Yeah, you kill a turkey, they all look exactly the same. There's yeah. not like, it's a lot of fun. It's, turkey hunting is more fun to do than it is to watch. Yeah. I would exactly. say that. Exactly. But like you can live in in a good deer hunting tracking video, you can live through it. And I think that's oh, yeah. why uh, that's definitely growing in the hot ticket. But no, for that'll sure, be out but. in the spring. You got your bow, your bow buck videos done too. We'll release that probably before the season next year. Yeah, got the Ansel Partridge camp video. That's a hilarious video. That's yeah. coming soon. And then my video will be out soon here. We're working on that. Yeah. That's that's within the next couple of weeks of being done. And we got that's a cool video. That's yeah. gonna be cool. It's it's not I, I didn't record a ton that day, but 
cool video to get him how I did as far as grunting him into yeah. that close and the shot is, you know, from here to the wall over there. Oh, it was awesome. Just not the biggest buck, but that is probably the best tasting buck I've had. So I got no regret shooting that deer. I had some backstrap the other night and oh my God, it was so yeah. good. Young buck, but man, was that good. Grant came down. I said, I got to cook it. First time I eat this, I got to, you got to be here. I cook yeah. it up for you because he helped me drag that thing out and it was a four mile drag out. Brutal. I think Ansel ate the heart on it. Maybe. That's why I think I said keep the heart. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if he did or not, but I don't eat it. the heart that much. <laughs> I know I, I got a, there's a ways to cook the heart that's better. I've heard people tell me. And, you got to soak uh, it in water for a few days Yeah, there's first. a few things you got to do to prep it and yep. to make it real good. It's really good, though. I know yep. a lot of people love it. I just haven't ever cooked it full on right, I don't think. No, I just let Ansel have it, and I show up when it's done. Yeah, I hear you. But You want to do, so in this episode, for the listeners, this isn't going to be on the social media stuff. We're going to do a giveaway, but this is a timely manner. So if you're listening to this podcast right after it comes out, you're in luck. And uh, I told Greg, I said, come up with a topic or a prompt that's kind of difficult and uh let people guess and what we're going to do is the first three people to message us on the Staggercast instagram account if you get this right you win a pursuit vest we got three of them we're giving away you can either have them in the snow camo or you can have them in the brown camo uh your choice whatever size you need do you want to hit them with a prompt there's a little go trivia ahead. go ahead all right so you gave it to me this greg looked this up and we're pulling this from a slightly dated website so if uh we're not lo- yeah we're not looking to get our balls busted over this if so. we're a little wrong on this <laughs> i'm sorry but we got a deer in mind that we're you got to name a deer yeah so what is the nickname of the highest scoring typical buck in new england the nickname not the hunter's name the nickname of the deer yep typical buck giant you want to give him a score what was it you got on your phone right there? Pull it up real yeah, quick. Pull it up. We'll give them the year and the score and then see if they can figure it out. Okay. We're not saying the state. It was 1966. Okay. And it scored. Let me scroll through. Hold on a minute. It's it it freaking gross. Two hundred and nine and two eighths. Typical. Yeah. I don't know why they do two eighths in Boone and Crockett. They should do a quarter. a quarter. But everything's an eighth though. Yeah, I guess so. So, what is the nickname of the highest scoring buck, highest scoring typical buck taken in New England? Nineteen sixty six was your yeah your tip, and it scored what two and nine something. Yeah, two nine two eight. Whatever I just said. So, first three people to message us on the Staggercast Instagram account with the correct answer, the nickname, you win yourself a pursuit vest. So, if you're listening to this, get on it right now. Hopefully, you're listening to this right after it comes out because it's gonna it'll happen fast. What's coming next year, Adam? Oh, no. We're, we're changing up that quick? We're changing up. All right, changing up. So early January, we are going to be at the Yankee Classic Sportsman. Was it Yankee? Yankee Sportsman's Yankee Classic. Yankee Sportsman's Classic in uh, Essex there at the fairgrounds in Vermont. Yep. We got a 10 by 10 booth there, so swing by. You can try on some jackets, test out some products, get your hands on some stuff. We'll be there Saturday and Sunday, right? Yeah, so it's a three-day show, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we won't be there Friday, just get some prior commitments and stuff like that. So we'll be there Saturday, Sunday on the weekend, which is when most people are there anyways. Yep. Yep. So swing by the booth, uh, check out some stagger gear, shoot the shit with us. We're going to have a – I've been working on the layout of the booth. I know it's a 10 by 10, so it's not the full-on you know, 30-foot space like we had at Huntstock, but I got a cool idea, so I'm going to have to run that by you after, a little deer camp type of feel. Right. Come on in, try some stuff on, shoot the shit with us. No shit. So oh, yeah. bring bring Sounds your A game, Greg. Talking. That's all I. That's all I ever bring. Come talk with Greg. He'll name some bucks. Bring some deer photos. You get some <laughs> names from that, and 
bring look up. forward to chatting with you guys there. Yeah, definitely. No, that's always a good time up there. It's the first time we've done it. I mean, I remember going there. We always I, go walk around. But I haven't been there in a few years. Actually, I haven't been there in probably four or five years. I haven't just been busy all that weekend. Yeah. Um, been out of town, so I haven't been able to go. But this year, I'm looking forward to being uh, having a booth there. It'd be a good time chatting with everybody from the Vermont region that doesn't take the trip down to Huntstock and stuff. Yeah. So swing by the booth, chat with us. Look forward to hearing from you guys there. Live Q and A? No. Live Q and A. Are we gonna do a live Q and A episode? There? No, like we we had discussed doing that with the podcast at one point. Live Q and A is like, like we were gonna do a live podcast. Oh yes, okay. So things might go cast. horribly wrong. Staggercast twenty twenty four, and uh, we've been kind of doing a lot of thinking, talking to a lot of people, getting ideas, getting feedback from listeners. Uh, and like always, if you guys have a, an idea for the show that you want or someone that you want on or anything, anything or, regarding yeah. the podcast, like this podcast is here to serve, you know, people in the Northeast that want to hear deer hunting content or have a laugh with us, you know, shoot the shit. So if you have any ideas of people you want to hear from any podcast themes, stuff like that, don't hesitate to reach out to us, but we've been doing some thinking on our own and we're going to do some uh changing up this year as far as the podcast goes. We're still going to do, you know, the classic interviews with hunters around the northeast. Um we're we, innovators, we're not duplicators. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh we just kind of want to keep things fresh and keep things new, you know, there's more and more content out there nowadays than when we started the whole thing, which is awesome, great for the listener, but you know, we try to do things, keep things fresh, yeah, keep things fun. We're still going to do interviews and oh, stuff, yeah, we're but I mean, we're going to we're going to mix it up with some but other stuff too. We got too. some cool some cool shit we're going to mix in. Yeah. Some cool style episodes that's unique and hasn't been done before and uh that might take some time so we'll still be doing like I said the regular interviews and all that stuff so keep an eye out for the fresh stuff we got coming it's been a lot of work and we still got a lot of work to do on them yep but excited to to bring that to everybody this year and uh yeah the the live Q&A show might be a one time thing i don't that's know that gonna was be just rated a, R. that's just one one idea we got going put the kids to bed on that one yeah call in say whatever you want to say but shit might be said that this can't is an be taken explicit back. language podcast we yeah. don't hide exactly exactly <laughs> so um what else you got there bud oh stagger cast did your lobsterman note i got right there which yeah. that's where you're moving to i'm i'm undecided you, know? you going to bahaba <laughs> moving to bahaba <laughs> dude i don't know man it's just it's a it's just one of them things that's you know once i would like head. to go on a lobster boat one time just to see it yeah didn't ian work a whole ian summer, on a summer on a lobster, lobster boat yeah and he was telling us about it that dude's got an interesting life. Man. Yeah, he's done it all, man. He's, doing ski he's been thing a police now. officer, content creator, ski lobsterman. He's done it all. Like Ian, Jesus it was always a good Christ. time. It was a good time having him up there, yeah, hanging out with us for dude. a few days, and glad he got an awesome buck. Yeah, he did. I got to be there to help him drag it out and heard the shots go off, which yeah. we talked about. But. We got to release that video of the partridge falling on your head too. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even. I think that was on the other that podcast. Was, uh, but what two days or three days before he killed that deer? Yeah, we haven't spoke about that yet because it was on the other podcast. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, we Yeah, you go. <laughs> I was dropping Adam and Ian off at Adam's truck and Which yeah, I parked two miles down. Ian and I hunted towards you. Yeah. Just to kind of figure out see if Mongo was in a certain chunk of yeah. chunk of woods. <laughs> so I dropped you off and I think I think uh we were going pee or something. I look up about two hundred yards away and I see this little speck up in the, a tree. Up the logging road. So I put the binoculars on it and it's a freaking partridge way up in a tree. So I'm pissing on a beach whip and you're like, Adam, Adam, get over here. <laughs> so I grab the camera. I throw the gun to Adam. Loads I'm it like, up. Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, are you sure it's not an eagle? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. What? <laughs> so we, we walk up. Of course, Ian and Adam freaking run right past me. I'm huffing and puffing. <laughs> they get up there. Adam aims, shoots it. 
it falls and it it falls right in the wedge of a Absolutely tree. Absolutely smoked ice, and I'm aiming right for that that little tuft of feathers on his head. I'm oh, not yeah. ruining the breast in this thing. No, took his head off. Took his head right off. He falls. He gets caught in the tree. I'm like, I've never beautiful seen anything crotch like this. in the tree. I got the I got the video rolling. Adam yeah. Adam's like, what do we do? He he started climbing up the damn tree. I started doing parkour. I yeah. went up ten feet the tree. There's no limbs on it. I'm repelling it like an ape. Yeah. I said, don't die for a partridge. I said, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so you start shaking and the fucking partridge falls out around. I think it was right on your head. Comes out like clip my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, which is a pretty cool, funny video. Yeah, it's a good video. We'll yeah, Ian was recording that. when he he was with me and you were probably what oh, fifty, 50 yards, back, yards back recording yeah. the whole perspective of everything going on. The whole scene, but yeah. funny little video. That could fun. honestly be a little short video. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that was funny. I'm looking forward to your partridge video though with Ansel. That's There's a lot. Be of, it's, it's like a compilation of a few different years when we're up there. We're always videoing. I tell but, you what, hunting birds out of the, you know, just ru- cruising around on a day oh, when, yeah. they, say, you can't deer hunt or you're tagged out or something. Cruising around on those logging roads, shooting birds is so much fun. Oh yeah, was well, that one day we came out of the woods 45 minutes to go? I mean, you're obviously not going to go yeah, anywhere we else. Got, we got back to the truck and it was, probably, yeah, like I said, 45 minutes before dark, and we're like, well, let's just drive up this road real quick, see if we can get a couple birds before we head back to camp. And sure shit. Oh yeah, we got two and you missed one. Took a Hail Mary, Brett Favre shot at one. Yeah, I just did that for the more, more that was for the camera. Beautiful today. aesthetics there. Yeah. Real sun, sunset, you swinging on him. <laughs> just a, just a freaking perfect. That road, thing, all, that, that road yeah. always feeds you. If you need, if you're in Western Maine and you need to kill something, you go down that road. You go down that road, and you either might get a deer, or you might shoot a partridge. You're gonna eat. Or if it's turkey season, you might shoot a turkey. Oh yeah. That road is that's the the breadbasket of Divides. Western Maine. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> My old neighbor, Bill, there, he did a lot of riding around looking for deer, and he had this one road. He goes, you ever need to see a deer? You go down that road. And by God, he always saw deer. But Is that your Massachusetts accent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he used to call me. He goes, it's the pain in the ass from Mass. <laughs> he was a good shit, know. man. He died of uh, lung cancer a few years ago. But I never get to meet him, but the oh, amount of stories man. you told me of him. And- he was so cool. Like he, he's, I started hunting with him in like 2008 and he's the guy that taught me more about like hunting the wind than anybody else. Like when it was, when the wind was wrong, they stayed at their camp and drank beer Yeah. and I, you know, me, I was in my twenties and I'm like, want to go hunting so bad. And he goes, you're going to do more damage by going down there than you are. Just take the night off and go down there when the conditions are right. Did I ever tell you the story about how I learned the importance of hunting the wind? No. Down in Castleton. No. We've t- I've told you this story before. We talked about Is it on the, the blind pod. one? No, it's when I was let one go and oh, the <laughs> no, whole ridge me. blew off on there. <laughs> tell Remember me. that? Yeah. I didn't tell. I'm not trying to be gross, but this is a funny story. <laughs> Everybody does this. So uh, <laughs> this is back in my college days. This is 2000 and I don't know, early 2000 teens there. And uh, I'm hunting down in Castleton. I went to school down at Castleton University and hunting bird's eye mountain which for those that are into horns and stuff the vermont state record shed set was found on bird's eye mountain oh, so shit. i was just going in there is when you could still hunt i think it was two bucks <laughs> vermont still then you yeah. could kill a muzzleloader and rifle and i go in there and there's probably like two days three days left of the season i'm like i got out of class early i think i called in sick I told the professor i was dying i don't know anyways had to go deer hunting and there was a little bit of snow on the ground left just like chunks of it and I go in this area and it's a, a rocky little mountain hunting up through and I get on one of these little shelves and I could just see a doe group had just gone through there and like little patches of snow super fresh so you I'm like yeah a, you felt a bubble not yet or not there yet <laughs> except not trying to be gross not trying to overshare you so I'm sitting there on the on this little shelf I'm looking at yeah two three does right there and kind of going the way I'm going so I'm just gonna 
hang out right here and I'm going to follow them for a minute. Just give myself, catch my breath. Yeah. And uh, my roommate Grant, which I've talked about Grant, we do the podcast out in the blind, tried to kill one, and, oh, yeah. and uh, we hunt together. And uh, Grant and I were roommates in college, and we used to throw everything under the sun in a fucking crock pot because yep. you can just about make ta- you can make anything taste good in a crock pot. Yep. So we would throw the most obscene stuff in a crock pot, potatoes with the worst kinds of meat and everything else, just to make it taste good, season it up. Yep. And when you do that, your gut gets tested. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm on this little shelf, and there's a wind blowing up my back, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, had one working up, like had a had a fart, to not be gross here. Yeah. Let one go, and it was a rancid one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a gale force wind at my back. All of a sudden, a big gust. It was breezy, but like all of a sudden, here comes a tornado up the mountain, right up my back. And sh- sure enough, I let that out. Gust hits my back, and probably about 14 and a half seconds later. The whole ridge side above me, the doe's blowing off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and did that's you try to start wheeze? <laughs> no, I did before that, right? <laughs> but the whole mountainside lit up like a Christmas tree of just doe's blowing in every direction. <laughs> you know what Ansel says about farting uh, like that, right? No. He said that, boy, that's going to itch when it dries. No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It was just a quick one, but it was a sharp one. And that's how I learned the importance of wind. Hey man, lessons learned, dude. Yeah, hey, that's I learned it right there. And he hasn't farted in the woods since. I'll implode before I do it in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, uh, hey, it's it's part of being human. Everybody it is, does it. It is. But, but that was a that was a learning lesson for me. I was like, wow, you wouldn't. I I wouldn't couldn't believe the amount of deer that were blown up on the side yeah. of this mountain after that. I don't know many of us that haven't had issues in the woods before. Oh, Walked out of the woods with sleeveless t-shirts. I've never done that. No, you never, never cut sleeves. Never off? cut a sleeve. Never had to do that. Yeah. And I've heard of people walking out without a sock and everything else. And that's Well, Rick, the guy we hunted with in Maine there one year, <laughs> he freaking, me and your dad were hunting together. We separated. I went down the woods, shot a deer, came back. It was like three hours later. And Rick had a completely different um, outfit you, on. Can you do his accent or his, his, the way he talks when you, Rick, when you tell no, the story? No, not really Rick, but like. you When you tell the story, I've heard the story before, you, you kind of sound like Rick. You, wow. You, I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah, but. I hear you. So anyways, we meet up with him, and the first thing I notice is he doesn't have his camo on anymore. He's now got a head-to-toe um, denim blaze orange outfit on. Canadian three-piece suit. A Canadian tuxedo blaze orange, blaze orange tuxedo. Wow. And he he sees I got the deer. He, sh- he reaches out to shake my hand. I shake his hand. Well, little did I know, he had just, like, he cuffed his dog or something that summer, and when he did, his bicep ripped off his arm. So he was in a sling all summer. So he was just healing up for, for deer season. So when I shook his hand, I freaking, I was all excited. I muckled around his hand. I freaking <laughs> dropped him to one knee because he Ripped just his recovered. Again or what? <laughs> so he stands up. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Rick. I'm sorry. I said, Jesus Christ, Rick, you're, you change your clothes. He goes, uh, I bellied up to a hickory tree and I, I let her, let her out and Unfortunately, I didn't have my had my pants down enough, and it all went in my pants. So he shit his pants, and I had to go. With he didn't like actually shit his pants. He shit in in his pants, in his pants yeah. from the outside. He like he that's back, impressive. He like put his back to a tree and then knelt. Didn't pull the pants down far enough. No, there's different techniques for how to do that effectively. I've always found like a, a log <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Perch over the log is the best way, but yep. these people that like stand and kneel, I have a lot of respect well, for Well, you're them. trusting, you better be doing some wall sits. You better be training. If you're going to be 
putting your back to a stump like that and doing a half squat sit yeah. thing, you better be doing some physical training before because if you don't have your legs and your core right when you're doing that, you might go down. And Rick was an athlete. Yeah, but he didn't have the pants down enough. Yeah, that's just a simple mistake How that did, we all can make. Yeah, that's a that's a tough situation. <laughs> we're getting we're going down a gross road. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so uh, many funny. There's so much funny. We shit keep it though. unfiltered though. It's just part of the podcast. If this grosses you out, then keep on clicking but <laughs> yeah we got, you gotta keep it, everybody does it you gotta keep it interesting you know uh, so anyways we're looking forward to 2024 yeah 2024 is gonna be good like i said we've got uh talking about four we got a lot of new products coming out this year yeah, a lot you've of got stuff a lot of, you've been in the you've been in the design room research research and development <laughs> black leather gloves <laughs> what's the quote from stepbrother <laughs> research and development black leather gloves <laughs> last week we put rubber cement on a b and it died. Rubber cement? <laughs> I don't know what that. Yeah, was. something like that. Anyways, liquid paper on a liquid bee. Liquid paper on a bee, and it died. <laughs> yeah, but we you actually some of the stuff you've got. Yeah, in, we've in been, your, in we've your been mind working. and on paper right now is really really good, and we both kind of we both kind of update each other on ideas as we get them and mm-hmm. tweak and and seeing some of the stuff come to light and <clears throat> seeing that the people are really liking it, like even yeah. even the jackets. You well, got a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we're doing this coming year is based on feedback from customers you know stuff that people want to see tweaks that you know maybe you know on the jackets stuff that we don't think about but somebody else sees and and we make those improvements but we are working on a lot of cool new projects this year with some designers and other people and i'm really excited for this year it's going to be a good year to get this new product line out some new some new new stuff that hasn't been done before yet yeah and uh yeah looking forward to that it's gonna be a great 2024 so keep your eyes out for some new stuff just in like i said the design development test phase doing a lot of that right now and getting it all ready for big time the season yeah 2024 but i think that's about it you got anything else you want to add greg no because we've been just, talking for uh, a while already 40 minutes in or so yeah merry christmas to everybody yep. happy new year um and we you know it's already on to next year so yeah i guess i should say too if you guys are listening and you have you know a product that you want us to see come to life if you got something some tweaks you want to see made with some of the existing products we have don't hesitate to reach out to us that's the whole purpose behind the business is to serve northeast hunters with designs you know and identity and kind of merge the worlds of technical and traditional together that's been the plan since the beginning so if you have something you guys want to see please let us know and we'll document the idea and if it's something we can do we'll make a move on it you know don't be offended if we don't get to every single idea but we want to hear your guys ideas if you have things you want done so we're here for you guys yep but yeah merry christmas to you guys have a safe holiday and a happy new year and We'll be back ripping full-time after that with a podcast and go from there. But Have, hey, a, have a happy. You want to sing them a Jingle Bells on the way out or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys later. Have a good Christmas. You're listening to Stagger Cast, brought to you by Stagger Gear.